Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I am your host, Teresa Alexander Inman, board certified behavior analyst and infant toddler developmental specialist. Today, I welcome, welcome, welcome Mr. Spencer Bishens. He has a master's degree from the London School of Economics and a law degree from Florida State University. Working for the Social Security Administration for more than 10 years, he drafted and reviewed thousands of disability decisions. After leaving the Social Security Administration, he wanted to help demystify the complicated disability system. His first book, Social Security Disability Revealed, look at it there, <laughs> why it's so hard to access benefits and what you can do about it, explores the obstacles that disability claimants face as they try to access benefits. Welcome, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, you are most welcome because this is an uh, this is such an important topic because I work with a lot of parents who have children who they need to claim disability for because they've been diagnosed yeah. with a life limiting condition and um, so many of them have been denied and there's some parents who actually are eligible for social security and they've been denied so this is a win win for parents and and children. Yeah, unfortunately, the fact that people get denied is the loss, right? Because people pay the tax, they work, the parents are working, they pay the tax, they pay income taxes, which fund the SSI program, they pay social security taxes, which fund the SSDI program, and it's a requirement, they can't choose not to pay the tax, it's a legal requirement that you pay into these programs, right? Yeah. But then social security makes it really difficult to get money out. And there's no education. They don't tell you how to file a claim or whether you're eligible or what you need to do. So the money goes in automatically. It's really, really difficult to get the money out. And in order to have any success at all, you really have to do understand what these programs are, how Social Security makes decisions, what things you need to prove, and what the steps will be in the process so that you understand what you're going to need to do in order to get those benefits. Gotcha. And yes, if you could demystify the most salient points for us so that parents can get right to it and yeah. do what it takes, that would be wonderful. So let's start with, a. of course, it's going to be, the whole thing's going to be a basic overview, right? Because it's a 260 page book. There's a lot of information, very detailed, but we'll go big picture. Okay, so for child claims, that is the claimant is anyone from the moment of birth up to the day before you're actually technically two days before your 18th birthday. In Social Security, your birthday is the day before your birthday. Don't ask why, it's the government. But the day before your birthday is when you complete the previous year. So from birth up until two days before the 18th birthday, you're considered a child. And for a child, there's only one option the Social Security Disability Insurance Program. That's funded by the Social Security tax and your pay stub, if you're an employee, you'll see three taxes, the federal income tax, Social Security tax and Medicare. But Social Security tax only covers the Disability Insurance Program, which is only for adults. Kids can't get that. So set that aside for a moment. All that's available for children is SSI, Supplemental Security Income. And that's just funded through regular federal income taxes that we all pay, whether we're an employee or self-employed. And the, the thing with this SSI program is 
the benefit amount isn't very high. It's like 800 bucks a month. And also, unfortunately, there are asset and income limitations. So for the parents or guardians, if you've got even a couple thousand bucks of assets to your name, or you're earning, working and earning, honestly, not very much money, you very well may not qualify for that program. And that's the first big hurdle with a child claimant is unfortunately, even if the child has a well-documented disability, as far as medical records, and even if you're spending a lot of money in treatment and you really need help financially, for children, it's only the SSI program and that SSI program has asset income limits and sometimes they can actually be fairly cruel um, because there's offsets. Like if you work and earn money, they'll offset or reduce your SSI benefit, even if you medically qualify. The other thing is, um, here's an, uh, an example that I give in the book for adults. If an adult is getting the SSI benefit of eight, let's say it's $800 a month, well, there are other ways that Social Security offsets that. The example I give in the book is, let's say you are unfortunately someone who is homeless and you're crashing in someone's couch. Social Security will take the value. They'll value that free rent in air quotes, and they'll take that off your SSI. So instead of 800 bucks a month, they'll give you like 400 bucks a month because someone's giving you rent by letting you sleep on a couch. So... It's an unstable program. It's not very much money. There are ways that it can go away. And the biggest problem I think for parents is the asset and income limitations because if social security finds that you even have a little bit of assets or you, know, you have, I don't even know what the income test is, but the asset test is like 2000 bucks. So I think if you're earning like 2000 bucks a month or something, really not very much money, right? right. You'll, they'll just disqualify you. So it can't hurt to apply. You can certainly apply for SSI, but it very well may be the case that just because of the law, you may get a what's called a technical denial where they deny you before they even look at any medical evidence simply because you don't financially qualify for that program. Even though most of your money might be going towards helping your child and caring for your child to, you know, maybe medically or, you know, to help. Yeah. And this is why I do, I do recommend everyone apply. You could also go see a social security disability representative and the representatives, whether they're an attorney or non-attorney, you may have seen a commercial on TV that says something like no fee unless you win. That's true they don't charge a fee and they don't collect a fee unless you get approved. So they're very willing to sit down with you and do free consultations. And they'll give you an honest analysis of your case. And they're not going to, they're not going to try and sell you something because they only get paid if they get a favorable decision. Right? So it's really only worth it for them to take cases they think could have a favorable outcome. So if they see that you're going to have a technical denial because of your assets or income, they're going to be the first people to tell you, you're not going to qualify. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you're not going to qualify. Here's why. And they'll let you know. But you should still apply because like you said, there are exceptions. For example, if you're getting some other federal benefit program, 
that doesn't count as income. So if you're getting like SNAP benefits or WIC or your child has CHIP benefits or Medicaid, like the, the social security doesn't offset for those. So it's worth it to go talk to a representative. And by the way, I'm not selling you my services. I don't handle claimant cases. I recommend in the book that you go see a social security attorney or non-attorney representative in your local community who can sit down and talk with you and explain the process to you. And uh, so find someone local, find someone who talks to you like you're a human and talks to you in normal person English. They're not talking down to you with like legalese, right? Mm -hmm. And then someone who can explain to you, who can listen to your individual situation if you're the parent and you have a disabled child and they can explain to you how your individual asset and income situation fits within social security's rules. Because the rules are, even those specific rules are way too complicated for me to put in a book like this. So in the book, I explain what SSI is, how the asset, asset and income tests work, how, what a child case is, how to prove disability. For children, Social Security doesn't ask about whether you can work because kids don't work, mm -hmm. right? So you can't use the same definition. The definition of disability for adults is whether you can do full-time work. Kids don't work, so we have to have a different definition. So in the book, I explain the definition for child claims, which is all about the child's functioning when compared to a non-impaired child. Mm -hmm. And I explain that in the book. But as far as like, you have this part-time job and you earn this much money and you spend this much on there, that's a really individualized situation. Best thing to do is to talk to a social security representative who can analyze your specific situation and tell you if you can even get to the point of qualifying financially. If you can, then you also have to qualify medically. And that's what I talk about in the book about how social security looks at medical records and decides whether a child is disabled. Wow, yeah, that seems- like I know, it's a lot, <laughs> it's, but it's a very complicated program. So yeah. I know I just like information storm, right? But. Social security is a really complicated program. And that's why, you know, I literally wrote the book on the subject and why it's really important to talk to experts, mm -hmm. not only read my book, but talk to social security attorneys who are experts, not only in the law, but in your local area, like, right. And they know the local rules and the local judges in your local hearing office gather all of the expertise you can, because this is a really, really important, really detailed subject matter. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I mean, uh, and thank you for recommending, you know, that parents do seek out help because I have known of a parent who, I mean, they took years before they were actually approved and it was very stressful and it's not like they were making a lot of money either. So, yeah. And here's why you should do it immediately. Don't procrastinate and don't wait. Here's why. Yeah. SSI claims are only paid as of the date you file the application. You can't get any money from before you file that application. So the quicker you file that application, even if you might be denied, if you're denied, you're denied. But the quicker you get that application filed, the better, because if you are eventually approved, let's say you're approved two years down the line, 
Well, they'll pay you that two years, but they're not gonna pay you anything from before you file the application. So that filing date is really important. Ooh, that is great information because yeah, like you said, a lot of parents wait and they think, well, no, I'll wait till they're this or that, but that... yeah, I'll wait till I have enough medical records, right? Right, exactly. And and the reason you can't you shouldn't do that is you could always be found disabled later. So if you apply in October of 2022 as an example, let's say later on a judge decides, well, that disability didn't really start. I don't have the evidence to find the child disabled until a April of 2023. Okay, that's when they're found disabled. But if they say, you know, I think that evidence shows they were disabled back to April of 2021, guess when those benefits start? October of 2022, because yeah. that's when you file the application, even if the evidence could take you back further in time. Interesting. And I wonder how many parents know this. Probably almost nobody, because I literally work for Social Security, and I didn't know that's how it worked until I was in my training, and they taught me, right? Again, nobody tells you how these things work. Nobody, like when you're growing up, nobody says, here's all the government programs, and here's how they work. We're going to give you government education. It's like, here's the president, and there are nine Supreme Court justices, and we vote every two years, but no one actually takes a deep dive into... Mm -hmm how government programs work that you might need to get to, right? So the first time you go to the DMV or have to apply for a passport or need social security, you have no idea what you're doing because no one's ever given you any training on that. And that's not your fault. That's Especially when you're dealing with a serious medical situation, like you're dealing with enough. Having to think about how to then deal with the legal aspects of that is really daunting and it's it really is too much for most people to deal with and so a lot of people they give up mm -hmm. they say i can't possibly deal with this they get a denial their first denial and most people over 70 percent of people will be denied on their first application and almost every single one of those people will be denied the second time as well and a lot of people get frustrated they get disillusioned and they give up and walk away. And part of it is not understanding why the claim got denied. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, I guess I'm just not eligible. And as I explained in the book, that's not the case at all. Social security just denies most claims at the start, even if you have really good evidence. And so you have to know that, you have to understand what's going on. You have to understand why it's happening. And you have to understand that they're not on your side and the system is designed for you to fail. But once you understand those things and you understand kind of like how the system is rigged against you, then you have some more knowledge and you have some more empowerment to feel like, okay, I'll keep going and I'm not gonna give up. They're not gonna get rid of me so fast. I know what to do now. And I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to quit until I get the benefits that I can prove and that as a taxpayer, I deserve. Right. Absolutely. So the first and second are usually automatically de denied or most I would use denied. Yeah, most often. I wouldn't say automatic because it's about 70% of people are denied at the first level. So 30, 25 to 30% of people are being approved. And I know someone who is denied and I know someone who is approved at that initial level. But the statistics, which are 
widely available on the Social Security website, and I tweeted a chart about it recently. Um, it, Social Security puts out all their stats. They're not hiding anything. They'll tell you. They're denying most people at that initial level. And then at the second level, which is called reconsideration, almost it's over 95% get denied. So the vast majority of people are going to get two denials. And then you get 60 days to appeal. And a lot of people just give up at that point. Mm. They think the government's telling me I can work. I guess I can work. Or I guess my child doesn't have severe functional difficulties. People just believe what the government is telling them. Or they don't have the time or the energy. Or they forget to appeal or whatever. Life happens, right? And Social Security successfully weeds you out at that point, because that's what they're really trying to do, is to get rid of as many people as they can before they get to a hearing with a judge. Because once you get to a hearing with a judge, your odds go way up. Now your chances of being approved are closer to 50-50. And, and I, like I said, I explain this whole process in the book so people understand what's going to happen and in what order and why and know that it's gonna be happened so they can be prepared for it and not give up and walk away. Gotcha. So when someone is denied, when a claim is denied, do they, does social security, do they say, okay, if you present us with this information, then we'll approve you. Like, do they tell you why it's denied and what you need to do to get approved later they on? Tell, they tell you why it's denied. They don't tell you what, what you need to get approved because they don't want you to get approved. They don't want money flowing out of the system. So in that regard, it kind of operates like a private insurance company. Mm. They want the money coming in, but then they need that money. It's not for profit like a private company, but it operates like it is because when Social Security takes money in, they need to hold on to that money for people who are in their 60s who are filing retirement claims. So the more money... The fewer years you work in and the, and the faster you apply for benefits and the longer you get benefits, it's all pretty destabilizing to a system that's designed for you to pay in for 40 years and then get benefits for like five or six years until the average lifespan, oh. right? So it's designed for you to pay in 40 years, get benefits for a few years and die. That's just the finances of how it's, it's designed. And... So when either children are collecting benefits or young people are collecting benefits or even people in their 40s are collecting benefits, you're not paying in as long and you're maybe collecting benefits for longer. So social security can't have that happen to too many people, right? The other thing with children and other SSI recipients, one of the reasons they get denied, get ready, is that the first review is done at the state agency. So when you apply for SSI for an adult or a child, someone at your state government is gonna make that initial decision. Well, also funded by the state is the state's Medicaid program, right? You see where this is going? So if they approve too many people for SSI, that could put more people on the state's Medicaid program, that costs the state money. So the state bureaucrat, if they're being told by their bosses and the governor and the state legislators, reduce your costs. States can't run a budget deficit. Keep your costs down. Keep people off of Medicaid. One way to do that is to find people not eligible for SSI. 
So there's a massive conflict of interest there, but that is one reason that at, if you have a child claim and it's an SSI claim, even if you can get past the asset and income limitations, that's something that might hurt your chances of being approved by that state employee at the initial or reconsideration levels. Wow, you know, and I so, thought, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. No, I was saying, I just thought it was, you know, private insurance that operated that way. This is really an eye-opener. Yeah, it's to save at their state's money and for the SSDI program to save money not for profit and shareholders, but for, for if you think of people who are paying in and then getting retirement benefits as like the shareholders of that program, mm. we need to save as much money for them as we can. Right. And social security can't deny retirement claims. Once you reach retirement age, you get the money, right? So the only way they can make, have a decision point along the way is disability claims. If they need to save money to pay out less, what they do is they approve fewer disability claims so that less money leaves the system early. But there's something else I wanted to say, and that is going back to talking about um, how they decide, you, you asked, do they tell you upfront what evidence you need? No, they don't. You said, do they tell you why you got denied? They do tell you why you got denied, but it doesn't necessarily make any sense. For example, with a child claim, what they'll say is they'll show you the six domains of childhood functioning that I talk about in the book. Just examples real quick are like acquiring and using information, social functioning. So there's six domain, domains in total. Mm -hmm. And what they'll, you have to have a marked finding in two. And what they'll just say, they'll just say less than marked less than marked, less than marked. Mm. That's not really very helpful, is it? Right. Yeah. So technically they're telling you why you got denied, but it's not really helpful information. And if you're an adult, let's say you're an adult with a mental health impairment and you have a hard time being around other people. Well, what they'll do is they'll just say, you can work. Here are three examples of jobs you can do. Laundry folder, dishwasher, and maybe there'll be a third one that don't involve a lot of interaction with other people. Mm -hmm. So they're not really like saying, telling you a lot, except they're saying, you had to prove to us you couldn't work. We're finding you can do these jobs that exist across the national economy. You're not disabled. So I would argue they're not really giving you a whole lot of feedback there, but technically they're telling you why they found you not disabled. It's just not very it's not a very helpful explanation. Right, yeah. Less than Mark doesn't tell anybody anything. Yeah, and that's usually what it says. And maybe there's even one Mark, but there aren't two. There, it'll just say less than Mark, less than Mark, less than Mark, marked, less than marked. And then maybe there's one where they'll say no deficiency. And that's it. And the final conclusion will be not disabled. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get to a judge, so if you get two denials and then you appeal to social security's hearing office and you go to a social security judge, they don't work for the state government. So that conflict of interest for Medicaid isn't a problem anymore. And two, at that point you get a much more thorough explanation. And that was my job. I was an attorney, a staff attorney with social security. I worked for the judges. 
And when the judge would make a decision, approval or denial, my job was to actually look at the medical evidence and write the decision. And these decisions are eight, 10, 15 pages long. They're much more thorough. They provide an extensive analysis of all the medical evidence. You can't, the judges at that level can't just go denied, less than marked, yeah. and like, you know, skip the rest of that explanation. There you're getting a really thorough explanation. Yeah. And what that means is, and I explain this process in the book too, even if you lose at that point, you can appeal. And when that goes up on appeal, they're going to look at every single argument that decision is making the way it breaks down every one of your medical records over time all of your doctor's reports any medical opinions have to be discussed there's really high standard for those decisions and if that decision got any little thing wrong it can be reversed on appeal and so this is why it's really important to persist through those first two denials if you get denied at those first two levels because once you get, that, get past that point, you can get an attorney to help you out. You get a judge that's a little bit less biased. Mm -hmm. Your overall odds of an approval go up. And there's an appeals process that really holds those judges and those decisions responsible for providing a really thorough explanation if they are going to deny your claim. Wow. You know, what I would really like for the administration to look at, because in my field, we work to help children overcome those limitations. So if they were to allow them to access those funds and you know, parents use those funds to get help, we, they get the help and then later they can contribute to the system instead of just you know, denying. This is a great way for us to conclude the discussion because it kind of comes full circle, right? You're totally right. The way we do disability benefits in this country is very short-sighted because what we do is we try and keep people out of the system. And then a lot of times it forces them to go back to work if they're an adult. And maybe they really shouldn't be because of their medical problems. And then people get worse and like they get worse physically, their mental health gets worse. And literally some people just collapse and die. And then they're not paying into the system until retirement age. So it's really short-sighted in the sense that we're trying to keep people out and give them benefits for as little as possible. Now, if you are approved for benefits, you can get Medicare coverage if you're an adult. If you're a child, you can get Medicaid coverage. But again, that's really with the idea of trying to help you get better, like you are broken and need to be fixed. And it's to help you get better so that you can go back to work or if you're a child so that you can enter the workforce at age 18, right? But in other countries, they don't do that. They say, if you can't work, we don't want you to work. We want to help you with nationalized health care with time away, with lots of time for convalescence, we want you to be able to take the time you need to get better. We're gonna help you with paying for housing. We're gonna help you paying for medical care. We're gonna help you with supporting your kids because we want you to take whatever time you need, even if it's like two, three, five years 
so that you can go back to work at age 45 and work for another 20 years. We don't do that in this country. We give you as little as possible. We make it hard to get. We make like health insurance is tied to your work. So if you lose your job and you need disability benefits, well, then you've lost your health care. So you can't prove you're disabled. It makes no sense. It would really be much better if we were, we made it easier for people to get approved so that they could get the help they need medically so they, they could go back to work and pay into the system. That's how they do it in Europe and Canada. And I think that's a much, sorry if you hear my dog whining, that's a much better system. And I fully agree it would be better if we had that system. And I talk in the last chapter of the book about a universal basic income system and how taking away the need to apply and be approved would be a better system. But ultimately that's the concluding chapter in the book. It's great to think about a long-term idea, but ultimately the first 33 chapters are about the system we have now and understanding how to navigate it, how to get those benefits that you've paid for and that you should be entitled to. And also if you're approved, how to keep your benefits. Because even once you're approved, Social Security can and does take benefits away. So even if you're approved, it's still really important to understand how the system works because you need to know not only how to get your benefits, but if you've already been approved, how to keep your benefits. Because Social Security is going to make you essentially reapply every couple of years and force you to keep re-justifying your entitlement to those benefits. So it's really important you know how to get benefits, how to appeal if you lose your case, and even if you win your case, how to keep pushing forward and keep fighting. Because disability benefits, whether it's for an, a child or an adult, they're really never safe until you hit retirement age. Social Security can always take your benefits away, even if you've been approved. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, it really is a lifelong fight, at least until retirement age. And I know we're wrapping up here, but if you have a child case, even if you've been approved, as that child approaches age 18, you're going to have several things happen. And I talk about them in the book. SSI is going to be reevaluated under the adult standard at age 18. Can that person work? Even if they've never worked, they're now going to be analyzed as an adult. Can they work? But there's also an SSDI program available to them at age 18, which involves Medicare coverage. So it's really important to know the requirements for these things, how these things work, so that you can think about and plan for, for these different programs even before you need them. If you have a 12-year-old that's receiving benefits, start learning now about what's going to happen in six years at age 18 because you're going to going to start to get medical evidence well before that child's 18th birthday. And that's why it's important to understand how all of these programs work. And I cover all of the programs in my book, Social Security Disability Revealed, why it's so hard to access benefits and what you can do about it. It's available in paperback and ebook, Amazon, Apple Books, Scribd, bookshop.org. You can ask your library to get it in paperback or ebook. All of that information, including links to all of our social media, is available at our website, visionspublishing.com. That's B-I-S-H-I-N-S publishing.com.
Thank you so much, Spencer. This has been such a valuable conversation. And I hope, you know, parents will take heed to all the tips that you've given them and get the book so that they can look through it step by step. Because like you said, there's no way we can go through 200 and, you know, however many pages in 40 minutes. So it is really important that they get the book. And like I told you, I'm at a library right now. So before I leave that library, I'll be stopping at the counter to have them order the book because I work with all the children I work with qualify for disability and not all of them have it. Most of them don't. And for your listeners on our website, there's something that says you can request your library, get it, click that word request and all the information the library will need to obtain the book an ebook or paperback is right there on our website. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, sir. And it's been, like I said, a real eye opener for me. And, um, you know, just a way to help our parents do so with confidence. Because um, that's, yeah. you know, so. And I appreciate you having me on so we can spread this word. Uh, I appreciate you having on me and my dog uh, so, so that we can both educate and entertain your audience. Wonderful. Listen, real life happens because I, when I record at home, my dogs are usually there barking and all that too. So it's just life. You know, we're like everybody else. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So thank you. Thank you again. And um, again, I really appreciate it. Parents, please do your due diligence so that you will, you know, again, understand that you will get denied, but keep, keep applying, keep, you know, pushing it, appealing those um, denials so that you can get the help that you need for yourself and your children. Okay, all right, thanks Spencer. Yeah, thanks for having me. Confidence, yes, you've done great. <laughs> all right, well, good, good luck on, uh, on your front desk at your library with getting the book. I know library staff can sometimes be uh, a little bit complicated to deal with, but um, I gave you the I the ISBNs on the website. Um, so hopefully that's all they'll need. Yes. Oh, the lady who helped me out was super friendly because I just got my first library card since moving to Jacksonville. So I just did that now to get this room. So, and she was super helpful. So I'm going to write on that helpfulness. <laughs> ja Jacksonville, Florida? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I'm from Florida. I went to Florida State in Tallahassee. Okay. I'm originally from Florida. But I'm just gonna go ahead and email you real quick. Okay. Um, it's Diane Diane 2018. No, Teresa. You. Oh, uh, that was that. Sorry, that was my recording earlier. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Glad I checked. Teresa at parenting-bytes.com. Yes, sir. Sorry, I had two recordings today. All right. Okay. I just I just sent it to you by email, so you don't have to deal with going to the website. You pull it up on your phone. And it's got the ISBN right there to, to give to the library. Okay, perfect. Thank you, sir. All right, bye. Okay, bye.